to see you guys. My name is Tony, by the way. If you guys don't know, I am the associate pastor at TLC. We're glad to have you guys. Uh, all right, imagine you are lost in the forest. You are, it's the middle of the night. You've, 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 you've come to a place where you've been walking around in circles for hours, right? You have, nowhere, you have no idea where you're going. You've been passing the exact same rock, the exact same tree again and again, and you're thinking, I'm screwed, okay? A couple things happen. You keep running, doing your best, trying to find your way, and find yourself running for hours and still finding yourself back at the same rock and the same tree somehow. Or you could be, like, freaking out and just sitting there and thinking, I'm just going to die here at this moment. Or you can just be panicking and hyperventilating and just dying, right? There's a lot of options that can happen when you're lost and you're confused, okay? Now, um, our series this, uh, this coming, this beginning of this year, is it's called Our North Point. Because whenever you're lost, especially in the forest, and you, and you find yourself running in circles, all you got to do is find the North Star. How many of you guys know where the North Star is at? All right, well, a few of you guys. A few of you guys know where the North Star The rest of you guys are like, I have GPS, bro. We don't need no North Star. Okay, GPS doesn't work always out in the forest. Okay, so I'm going to teach you guys where to find the North Star because something special about the North Star. The North Star is not the brightest star in the sky. That's Sirius. Okay, that's it's S-I-R-I-U-S. Sirius, that's, that's the brightest star in the sky, right? The North Star is the most fixed star in the sky. I mean, it does not move no matter where, what happens during the night. It stays exactly where it is. And so as long as you're moving towards that star, you will always be moving north, guaranteed, okay? So that's your, that's our point. Now, let me show you how to get there, uh, how to actually find it. First, you got to find the Big Dipper. You guys know how to find the Big Dipper? It's this big old fat pan that looks at in the sky, right? Can you show me that picture? Put it up there. Yeah, at the bottom part is the Big Dipper, okay? Now, at the Big Dipper, the, 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 the pan part, I'll have to think. There's, a, there's these two main stars uh, down here. The last two stars down there, right there, Okay? All right, you focus on those two stars, okay, and you draw a straight line. And you draw a straight line, you're going to hit what we call the Little Dipper. At the handle, point of the Little Dipper, that last star on that handle, that is your North Star. That's Polaris. Can you show the next picture? There you go. There you go. See, Big Dipper, you draw a straight line. Don't worry about any other stars in between, but you draw a straight line to that Little Dipper. That is the North Star. As long as you look at that star, you will always be moving north. Okay, that is a guarantee. I looked this up three times just to make sure I'm not, you know, like wrong. It's, it, that star does not move. Okay, every other star will move around you. That star stays exactly in this fixed point. It's the true north. Okay, in the same way, in the same way, in our lives, oftentimes we, get, we do get lost. We lose our way. We find ourselves running in circles over and over. Okay, uh, some of you guys, you've changed major a gazillion times because you have no idea what you want to do with your life. And so you keep thinking, as long as I stay in school, I don't have to face reality. Okay. And you just have to face a growing uh, uh, school debt, that's all, right? Uh, some of you guys, you can't get a job. Even when, uh, even when you do get a job, you're not satisfied because you're just constantly thinking that you can get a better job. And you're constantly running and climbing and chasing, never fully finding yourself satisfied, always lost still, still confused, right? Uh, some of you guys have been trying to get into a relationship, but none seems to be working out. You're lost, you're confused, you're overwhelmed. Constantly thinking, like, why am I going to be alone forever for the rest of my life, right? No one's ever going to marry me, okay? We find ourselves escaping more into areas of fantasy, right? Gamers are, are getting big nowadays. Anime is getting huge. Pornography is always a problem, right? In order to cope with the things of our lives. We're escaping. We're running. We have family. Those of you guys who got married and you finally got a family, and you're thinking, man, is this it? Is this all it is? It's, it's this illusion, this is not what I thought it was supposed to be. It's not as, as, as cute as it's supposed to be. And you find yourself lost. 
overwhelmed, confused. Overall, we feel like we've lost our way. Some of you guys maybe be, you might be satisfied because you're probably just sitting there thinking to yourself, eh, this is the best it's going to get. And whatever, I'm just going to deal with life, right? And you're just stuck. And so we lose our way sometimes. And so in the Bible, we know that. The Bible recognizes that we do lose our way. And so in the midst of losing our way, anytime you find yourself in that situation, you got to look for your north point. Every time you find yourself running in circles, you got to look for your north point. Every time you find yourself overwhelmed, lost, confused, dazed, stuck, you got to look for your north point because that will set you back on the road where you're meant to be. Okay? This is the year of 2020. It's my, my wife's favorite year. She said it's her year because she's an optometrist. Then it's 2020, so it's a, a, it's a year of clear vision. And so we want you guys to have a clear vision for your life. We don't want you guys to be chasing and running in circles for the rest of your life, right? Meandering a, a whole decade trying to figure out who you are and then finding yourself lost at the age of 30 and asking yourself the question, what am I doing with my life? We want to equip you guys. We want to get you guys to a place where you'll always come back to your north point, understanding what God has planned for you. So last week, Evan talked about spiritual gifts, right? One of the ways in which we begin to kind of calm down from the overwhelming feeling, calm down from the sense of being lost, calm down from the sense of being uh, stuck, is we sit back and we start asking ourselves the question, the spiritual gifts that I've been given, what am I doing with it? Am I using these spiritual gifts for the blessings of other people, or am I actually neglecting my gift because I'm afraid of committing to other people? Right? Am I, am I using these spiritual gifts as a way of blessing and actually engaging and loving people, or am I, use, am I neglecting these gifts for my own personal fear of commitment, or am I not using these gifts just simply because I don't want to use these gifts? Okay? Oftentimes, we get to a place of being lost, being confused, being overwhelmed, it's because you have neglected the use of your gifts for other people. Do you guys realize if God is who he says he is, if God is who he, uh, who is, is who he says he is, that he has made you for others. He has made you so that your life will flourish when you use your life for others, when you use your life to be a blessing to others. And so oftentimes when you are constantly running in circles, lost, the best thing that you can do for yourself is find your north point and ask, what am I doing? Am I actually using my gifts for the blessing and the flourishing of other people? Or am I simply neglecting my gift because I'm afraid of commitment, afraid of responsibility, afraid of actually connecting to people, right? What are you using your gifts for? I remember um, in our church, in our church, we have like... Um, we have like a brother. Our brother is a uh, brother Yan. I'm not sure if he's here today, right? Your brother Yan, he has one major powerful gift. You know what? It's the gift of service. Homie is there all the time, right? He is. He's just always showing up. He's always cleaning. I remember when we went to, uh, I think, homeless bachelor party. It was like 5 o'clock in the morning. We're waking up. Everyone's just like tired from the night before of praying, right? And so we were, we were there. We were just chilling. And then like homie wakes up at 5 in the morning. And we're like, what are you doing, man? I was like, I'm just cleaning, right? I was like, it's 5, bro. Just clean at 6. Or seven or twelve, you know, they just any time but night. That's okay, don't worry, I won't make no noise. And he just cleans. We wake up and everything is clean. It was actually beautiful. We wake up like, oh, hey, is breakfast ready for us? Everything is good. Hey, that's great, you know. It's a gift, right? It's a gift that actually feels like no. We didn't wake up and say, man, yeah, I hate you for giving us breakfast for cleaning this place. No, it was a, it was a, it was a blessing for the brothers who were there, right? What are you using your gifts for? 
Are you neglecting your gifts? Oftentimes when you feel lost, when you feel disillusioned, when you feel stuck, when you feel overwhelmed, it could be because you have spent the majority of your life or at least thinking for yourself and not for the blessing of others. If God is who he says he is, he has made you so that when you exercise your gift, it brings flourishing not just to yourself, but to the people around you. Are you using your gifts? Gifts of teaching, gifts of service, gifts of mercy, gifts of um, administration. Are you using your gifts for the blessing of others? Or are you so afraid of commitment and responsibility that you'd rather just stay quiet? Could it be that that's the reason why you're so stuck? Could it be that's the reason why you feel overwhelmed and lost? Could it be that's the reason why you've lost your North Point? Because you're not looking towards that anymore. Okay? Today, I want to talk about another North Point to consider. Okay? That when we are feeling lost, overwhelmed, when we're feeling stuck, when we're feeling disillusioned, we feel like we're running in circles, one of the things that we need to sit back and start asking ourselves the question is this. Am I actually in a community? Am I part of a community of believers? Not just any community, but a community that belongs to Christ. Are you part of his body? Am I building my life into this community? And that's what we're going to be talking about today, okay? I'm going to tell you the truth. We all need community, okay? I, I was at a wedding, and then one of our brothers asked us, hey, what, what is the criteria for you to do marriage counseling with someone, PT? I said, as long as they have, they know Jesus, and they have a community behind them, right? If they have that, I'm willing to do your marriage counseling for you, right? Only because I know that someone's going to be watching over you if things go bad for you. For your, for, for your marriage, you know? We are made to be in community. You know this naturally. I've seen brothers who, got, who are willing to get beaten into a pulp to get jumped into a gang just so that they can feel like they are part of a community, right? And, I, and let's, not, let's not lie, ladies. You are naturally in part of a community. You use the restroom together. I don't know. I don't know the reason why. I know that you guys don't all have to use the restroom at the same time, but you guys all go at the same time for some reason, you know? Guys have a very uh, strict law in, in bathroom etiquette. You guys know we have these things called urinals, right? It's like if there's like six of them, yeah, and two of us walk in, we don't stand next to each other. We don't, we don't chat while, we, while we're doing our thing. We just look forward, do our business, and you kind of walk out. You know, I don't know where my son gets this from. He starts using a urinal, and homie starts chatting with me. I said, dude, it's not time to chat. <laughs> Right? We're, we're not having a conversation here, man. Just do your thing. We got to go. He's like, but daddy, da, da, da. he's just like, look, look, I'm not talking about the weather with you while you're peeing, okay? Just do your, and then we'll go outside, right? But ladies, you, you, you understand it's a natural thing. Some of you guys, you gamers, right? You understand natural community. You guys, you guys form clans. You guys form groups. You guys form, like, you guys have all these crazy names that you guys have for your clans, you know? It's a natural thing. You belong to, you naturally want to belong to a community. But the question is this. Are you belonging to a community that is actually going to flourish you, or are you belonging to a community that's going to basically just cover up what you really need, right? Are you invested in a community that's actually going to bring flourishing to your life, or are you just simply trying to find and cover up for yourself a community, wherever, you, wherever it's at, to make yourself feel better? So today's question is this, are you part of a community? This is your North Point. Whenever you feel disillusioned, whenever you feel lost, whenever you feel broken, whenever you feel like you're stuck or running in circles, the question you got to ask yourself is this, am I actually part of a community? Am I investing myself in a community? Am I loving the people around me? Am I building my life into a community? Okay? Open your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to talk about this. Okay, three parts. Talk about unity, diversity, and interdependence. Unity, togetherness, with you, for you. Diversity, we're different. Are you loving the differences? Interdependence, are we building our lives into each other? Okay? 
unified body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read 12 to 13 real fast. We're going to read a bunch of verses, but we're going to start there. Verses 12 to 13. All right. Check this out. One body, many parts. Okay. Yeah, there. Tennessee Titans. They got in. I, don't, I can't believe it. They beat the Ravens. All right. Seahawks or Packers today? Seahawks? So you guys are like, what? Football? Come on, PT. <laughs> That's not this community. All right. Verse 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all parts, all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. The body is a unit, one unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. And so what Paul is using to describe the church, the church community, the community that God set up to bring flourishing to his people, to bring flourishing to the world around us, this community is, it looks like what? A body. A body that has many different parts working together to function properly, united together to function properly, with each other to function properly. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm with you. No, look him in the eye and say, I'm with you. I'm with you, right? Yeah, right? We're, see, when the, when the body is functioning perfectly, the, you, you don't know it. You don't know what's wrong. Everything seems to be going fine. But the moment when something goes wrong, if there's something in the body that's not functioning, not being part, if you're not with me, the body, one part of the body is, is, is kind of damaged, you feel it across the whole body. You feel it across the whole entire thing, okay? Everybody works together to bring this flourishing. You know, in our church, we have leaders, right? We have about, usually the, the, the math is about 10% of leaders doing majority of the work, right? Can you imagine only 10% of your body working? That's just one arm working, okay? You're, you're pre, pretty much a quadriplegic. You're a cabbage. That's what you are. You only have one, 10% of your body working. You, you're nothing, right? And if the church is supposed to be like a body, if 10% of the people are with one another, they're unified together, then your body is dead. It's a dead body, pretty much, right? And for some of you guys, if you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, I don't really matter much, PT. I don't, I, don't, I don't have a big integral part in this place. I don't know if I'm with, I'm not, I don't know if, I, if people are with me. I don't know if, if I'm missing, people will feel that. And the answer is, yes, they will. You don't know that. You don't know it until you're gone, right? You don't realize it until you're actually gone. I'll give you a story. I'll give you a story about a functioning part that was broken, and then you realize it really quickly. Right? I, I have the, my Big Bear story uh, two weeks ago. I, some of you guys, I told some of you guys a story. Uh, uh, I have a, I have, I have personal PTSD when it comes to Big Bear, okay? Uh, I not, it's because when I was in the Korean church back in the days, and I was a youth group pastor, we used to go up to Big Bear to go snowboarding. I used to take the kids up to Big Bear to go snowboarding. And, you know, these kids are useless. I put them into a 15-passenger van, and we're driving up to Big Bear. And for some reason, we always pick the day when it's a dang snowstorm to go up, right? So we're going up, and we, we, we get up to the point where they say, you can't go no further until you put on some change, okay? So here I am coming out. Uh, this is my, my, my first time uh, I did that. I came out. All the kids were in their nice, warm, heated van. I'm just out here trying to put the chains on. And they're, like, tapping the window. Say, PT, I have to go pee. They go freaking pee. I don't have time for you right now, right? I'm putting on the chains. I'm freaking out. And, like, it's cold. My hands are feeling numb. I can't uh, deal with it. I'm, and then we're finally driving up to uh, uh, Big Bear. It takes about an hour or two hours. If you don't know how to do it, it takes forever to put on those chains, right? And especially if you have a church van. It's, the chains are just horrible. Go up there, and like this, just it's just snowstorm everywhere. Okay, every time I've been to Big Bear, I have 
issues that happens. I drove my car up there one time, and I literally, like one of the guys in, from our old church, they're like, we're fine. We're going to be great, PT. Don't worry. I was like, Lola, she's, she's, a, she's a trooper, but I don't know if she can make it, man. I was like, don't worry. She'll make it. That's Lola's my car, by the way. And I was driving up this hill. And we actually made it into Big Bear. I was like, oh, that's great. Right? We're great. And then all of a sudden, when we got to the street, she started drifting. I'm like, oh, no, man. Like, I said, like, why are you drifting my car? He's like, no, uh, no I just can't. I can't control it. We're, we're sliding right now, right? And my car hits the curb, right? And then line, the alignment's off. So I drove back with my alignment like this the whole time. It was horrible, okay? Every time I go to Big Bear, it is P-T-S-D. And then, lo and behold, my wife says, honey, I've never seen snow up in Big Bear. We should go. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to lie to you, babe. I have PTSD about this, right? She says, no, it's Elijah's birthday. He's your son's best friend. Don't take this from him. I'm like, all right. All right, we'll go. We'll go, okay? We'll go. So we, we're, we're taking Trisha's car, because I, I didn't think Lola could make it. We took Trisha's car up there, and I'm thinking, okay, things are fine. There was a snowstorm before, but today was no snowstorm. It was nice, clear weather. Everything was beautiful. We drove up, got to the point where they said, no further, put on chains. But this time I was ready. This time, because I practiced this. I practiced this for like hours before uh, we went up. So I was putting it on. I got it going, right? But, you know, of course, uh, you need two people to do this. And so I'm, my wife's in the car, and I'm like, Turn the wheel, honey, right? And she's like, and you know, you need to put extra energy to turn it. She's like, I can't turn. I was like, turn the wheel, right? So I can put the chain on. And she's like, why are you yelling at me? I'm like, just please, I just need to put the chain on, right? Put the chains on, and she's like freaking out because she knows I have this issue about chains. I finally put the chains back on. I think they were tight. They were great, okay? <laughs> they were great. I'm like, okay, I'm good to go. I said, finally, have you ever driven with chains on their horrible driving? It's a horrible driving experience. It's just the whole time. You're thinking like your car's going to explode at any moment. We're driving in. I finally, we got into Big Bear. We actually made it into Big Bear Lake. And I was like, we made it. No problem. We're good, right? And the whole time, I started hearing the click, 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 click sound. I was like, oh, I can't. That's nothing. That's nothing, right? We're driving. We're driving. And like, Trisha, she sat on this side, so she knew what was happening. The chain flew off, right, on this side, and it just kind of flew out the window. But she didn't tell me because she's you know, like PTSD, so I'll just keep driving to the right. <laughs> you know, and like I'm, I'm, I'm about to go down this little small slope. And as I'm going down, I'm like, you know, I'm pressing the brakes. And then I'm freaking out because all of a sudden as I press the brakes, the brakes are not working. I'm like, mm, no, 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 right? And then I'm not trying to tell her because I don't want her to freak out. So I was like, mm, a, and thank God there was no car in front of us because I could not brake, right? I was like, oh, shoot. I was going down, I was going down. And then finally... As, as, as the car was, I just let go of my, uh, my brake. I pulled up the emergency brake. She said, what are you doing? Just, just nothing, babe. And I, pulled brake, and I pulled over a little bit. She said, and I said, what's wrong? I said, I think the brakes are out. She said, oh, is it because the chain was gone? Said, the chain is gone? What do you mean the chain is gone? So we went back to get the chains, right? I got the chains. Oh, my Lord, this is going to be a bad day already. Right? I put the chains back on. And I'm like, okay, we're good. We're good to go. And then I said, we got to get out. And then the, because we're in this ditch, we couldn't get out. And I had to push the car, and she's driving. This is a whole different story. Anyways, right? Got to our place, took off the car, took off the tire, checked out the, the, what, what happened. The, there was a huge cut in the brake line, right? The, the, the brake fluid was just gushing out. And I was like, oh, shoot, this is not good. Right? This, this cannot be good, right? Because I, I knew it because every time I hit the brakes, I would just slide by, like, 10 seconds, and then I can finally slop, right? I was like, oh, my Lord. And so <clears throat> I called up the mechanics there. He's like, oh, we can't fix it for a couple of days. I was like, dude, I don't have a couple of days. I got to be back at church on Sunday to preach, okay? It's our joint service. Fix it for me. We don't have the parts. I'm like, all right, what are we going to do? So I'm a guy with that mug. I just duct taped it as, as, tight, as tight, tight as we can, put brake fluid in there, and just pray to Jesus, and then drove down the hill, okay? Right? And it was 
it was the worst drive of my life. I've never been actually scared driving down Big Bear before. That was the first time I was actually freaking out because I was, I just didn't stop really much. It's like my whole, my time, the only thing that got me through it was I was thinking to myself, everything else in the car works fine, just the brakes, just, just the brakes, right? <laughs> you just got to make sure, you know, we're not going to slide, just, 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 just go. Just, we can do it, right? And so we made it down. But that's the thing. I felt it right away. The moment it was gone, I felt it right away. And in the same way, it's a long story for a very short point. I'm sorry, guys. Right? I just needed to tell it, right? The, the point is, in the same way, in the same way, when you are in this community and the Bible calls us to be unified together, to express unity amongst one another, right? When you are missing, the church feels it. When you are not part of serving, the church feels it. When you are there and you're just existing within this group, the church feels it. It feels the missing element of the community right away. You may not think so, but it's true. Just like the body. If the body was missing one component, the whole body will feel it right away. And oftentimes the question is this. The reason why you're, you are maybe feeling disillusioned, stuck, running in circles, overwhelmed by life, wondering what are you doing with your life? Is it because maybe you have not actually decided in your life to unify yourself to this body? That you're merely simply showing up, being here, and not actually being a part of this place. Not connecting to it. Not with each other. Okay? How do we build unity? That's the question. Like, how do I build unity? You can't just say, I want unity. Unity, the Bible says in verse uh, 13, was this. It's built by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what binds all of us together. The Holy Spirit is what brings changes to your life. It's what changes your desires. It's what changes you from the inside out. The Holy Spirit is the only thing that can create unity among people. It is the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. So Holy Spirit, guess what? Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God. We all read the Word of God together. The Word of God is what, what drives us together. Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins. That's why we come and we repent. Holy Spirit convicts us when we sin against someone to, for them to, for, to forgive us because we work together. Because without the Holy Spirit there, forgiveness is very, 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 very hard to come by. When the Holy Spirit is there, God working among every brother and sister, living in our lives, we find ourselves able to be unified. So the question I want to ask you is this, do you belong to a body? Are you with this body? Are you working with this body? Are you invested in this body? Like I said before, you don't have to come to this church. That's not the point. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to get this place to be more filled with people. I'm trying to get you to go to wherever you feel like you can belong, and you invest yourself in that place, because that place needs you. Maybe the reason why you feel stuck, disillusioned, overwhelmed, running in circles, is because you've forgotten your north point. And the north point that God's given to our hearts is that you need to be part of a community that calls upon Jesus Christ as Lord. Do you have that? Do you sense that? Is he actually the one driving you? Is the Holy Spirit the one convicting you? Do you sense him moving you? Do you have the Spirit in your life? Unity. Are we serving each other, right? Or are you merely here, sitting in the pews, coming day in and day out? I'm glad you're here. Don't, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm glad you're here. 
But what makes this place powerful, what makes this place grow, what makes you find your North Point is that you begin to actually find investment in here. That you finally recognize that you have a part to play in here. Not just to sit there and listen to me ramble on for half an hour. Okay? Part two. Okay? Not only is the body supposed to be unified, not only are you supposed to be part of a unit, not only are you supposed to commit to this body to have unity with it, right? but you got to commit to loving the diversity within this body. This body is diverse. Look at verse uh, 14 and 17. 14 and 17 says something like this. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Belonging to a body is this, okay? Is that not only are you showing up and you're saying, okay, I'm willing to invest, I'm willing to serve, I'm, I'm, I'm good for it. But it's actually saying, I'm coming here to actually love the diversity in this body. I'm not coming here just to meet only the people that I like and the people that look like me or act like me. The gospel is made for all people, not just for people that you feel that you can connect to. Everyone here is different, yes? Everyone here has something to offer. Everyone here is off a little bit, right? Like, for example, that's why um, an anime person can sit next to a K-pop fan, right? The, and the anime guy can say to the K-pop person, like, hey, man, you need a real boyfriend, right? And the, real, and the K-pop person can look at the anime person and say, hey, you need to live in reality, right? And so it's like, it's, we're different. We're different. Yes, we are very, very different. But guess what, right? If we don't learn to love each other, we're not actually building into this church and we're not actually following our north point because not only are you supposed to have unity that you show up and you serve you show up and you're a part of this place you show up and you call yourself a brother or sister of this home but you come and you actually love the difference in other people right that's why you have hipster millennials sitting next to professionals and the professionals saying you need to get a job right and the hipster saying you need to chill out right so there's there's a lot of difference here there's a lot of differences here there's great diversity we have young we have old we have poor we have Rich, we have hip-hop, we have K-pop, we have classical, we have university-educated, we have street-educated, right? People eating steak, other people eating ramen. We have a lot of diversity in this place, uh, constantly, okay? And the question is, are you here to only love those that look, act, think, and walk like you? Or are you here to love even the ones who don't seem to gel and click with you? Because that's the North Point. That's what community is. We're not, trying to find, we're not trying to create some sort of homogenous group here. We, we recognize the diversity of humanity. But the hard part is loving that diversity. Being able to actually connect to different people, right? I, I realized this week, uh, last week, how old I am, right? In a very, a very, very sad way. You know, like I, if you guys didn't know, I am a, uh, I am a club advisor for Warren High School's uh, Club of Hope on campus, right? And so we have a Dance for Hope coming up on campus over there. Buy your tickets, you know, shameless plug. Anyways, right? We, uh, <clears throat> so I called up the president and said, hey, Heidi, uh, we're going we're gonna to do a Dance for Hope on Warren High School in the gym. I need you to sell 100 tickets. She said, okay, no problem, PT. I'll, I'll take care of it. I said, all right, uh, Heidi, I got a flyer. I need to send it to you. Can I uh, give me a Facebook messenger? And I'll send it to you. And she just paused for a second. She said, um, I don't use Facebook, PT. I said, what do you mean? Everyone has Facebook. The whole world has Facebook. What are you, like, living in the 80s? Like, 
you know, Facebook is for like my mom and dad, teachers. We don't, we don't use Facebook anymore. I'm like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> She's like, um, uh, I think my generation kind of just, we, we may have it if they have it, but we don't actually go on it anymore. Facebook is more and more like for your generation. So what's my generation? What, what's the age of my generation? She's like, older, right? Just a little bit older, just a little bit. I'm like, what you, oh my Lord, this girl, right? I said, okay, what do you use there? I was like, I use Discord. I was like, <laughs> right? I mean, how do, you, how do you even know that? I was like, this, what? Discord. Don't you have Discord toward me? I was like, I have Discord toward you right now. Like, what, like, <laughs> what, like, what do you mean, what's, what's Discord? She's like, it's the gaming thing that you send me, like, does it take three clicks for me to download it? She's like, no. I said, I don't want it, right? Do you have email? She's like, yes, I'll email it to you right now, right? That's how we know our, we're all different, okay? We're all different in this group. Some of you guys were like, Discord, oh yeah, I get it, right? Some of you guys were like, what, right? Just like, I hope, I hope everyone's like me, or else I'm really, really, really old. All right, but we're all different. We're all different here. And that's the point, all right? And in the midst of all of these differences, in the midst of all of these diversity, in the midst of all of these different clicks, clicks, so-and-so clicks, right, that we have within the community, how is it even possible that we can get along? How is it possible that we can actually form a community and a body? And the only answer is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only one that draws all of us together. Do you want to know why? Because in Jesus' eyes, we're all sinners saved by grace. It doesn't matter whether you are rich or poor, you are saved by grace. It doesn't matter if whether you are smart or whether you think you're uneducated, you are saved by grace. That's why a doctor can stamp, or that's why a, the poorest man can step before a doctor and say, before God, me and you are the same because we are level playing field. We're all sinners saved by grace. This is how we are able to connect and stay within this group, though we are diverse. And do you know how we do that? John chapter 13, verse 35, it says this. By this, the world will know that you are my disciple. By this, the world will know who I am. You know what this is? By the way you love one another. By the way you love one another. The Bible didn't say the way how many events you throw. The Bible didn't say how many um, uh, things you can do. The Bible didn't say like... Uh, uh, how many of us are, the, the things you're into, like board games or Dungeons and Dragons or any of that stuff, right? Your sports. That's not what's going to build us and bring us together. By this, the world will know. And this thing is this. It's love. That you will love the differences in one another. That you will love where you're at, the places where every one of our brothers and sisters are at. Some of us are really mature. We're mature in the faith. We're grown in the faith. And we're good to go. Some of us are very young in the faith. We made a lot of dumb mistakes, right? But the answer is still what? It's whether you are willing to love one another. Could it be that the reason why sometimes you are stuck, running in circles, feeling overwhelmed, wondering what's going on with your life, is that, one, you don't belong to a community, or you don't want to commit to a community, and two, that even if you are in the community, you refuse to love those around you. You refuse to be patient with those around you. You refuse to have the, 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 the strength to walk with someone who's different from those around you. Right? Maybe your love is too shallow. The North Point that God is saying, that oftentimes when we feel ourselves lost, disillusioned, running in circles, overwhelmed, 
The North Point is, I need you to ask yourself, are you in a community? But not just any random community, a community that will actually bring flourishing to you. What does that community look like? It's a community where you are actually serving and part of it, and two, a community where you are actually taking the steps to loving the differences that's located there, that's found there. Are you loving the people around you? Because it's only in that that brings real transformation. Look at the person next to you, because I love you. Right? No, no, look him in the eyes. I love you, man. I love you, sister. Right? You're mine. Right? <laughs> okay? It's, it's a community that's unified, a community that is loving, that is di- loving its diversity, okay? Loving the people who are different from you. But lastly, it's a, it's a community that actually depends on one another. Because so, some of us can say this. I'm down to serve PT. I'm good for that. I'm down to love people too, but I don't need to depend on people, do I? I don't, need to, I don't need to depend upon them for my personal life, do I? The answer is yes, you do. Right? Yes, you do, because that's what it looks like to be in a flourishing community. It's not about you just serving. It's not just about you uh, doing your love towards other people, but you allowing for them to work in your life as well. You allowing them to speak into your life as well. Look at the last few verses right here. 18 and 26. This is where we got our creed from, okay, at TLC. But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as we want them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it were, there are many parts, but one body. We are independent toward each other. We are building into each other's lives. We are dependent upon them. You grow best when you work with people that are different. You guys realize that? When you work with people that are the same mindset as you, it's, it's nice, it's easy, things go faster, but you go deeper and you get further when you're able to challenge yourself with people who are different from you. Is that the easiest thing to do? No, of course not. It's not easy to build relationships with different people. It's not easy to love people who are different from you. It's not easy at all. But if you're willing to take on the challenge of doing that, you're able to go much, much further. You're able to go much, much deeper. If you're willing to engage the differences in one another, God arranged the body as he determines and sees fit. Everyone works that way for one another. See, a lot of us, we come into the church, we do something like this. May I see this problem? Everyone, there's so many cliques here at TLC. There's so many groups there. There's like, there's like the, the really loud group. There's the really pious group. There's a really party group. And there's a really like lazy group. There's, there's a lot of different groups here at TLC. And there's a lot of these problems here at TLC. I'm glad you see it. Praise the Lord that he gave you the discernment to see the problem. Now, here's the issue. Are you going to do something about it? Are you going to step into, the, into this madness, into this, this, this quagmire, into this mosaic that we have here at TLC and be a part of it, living together, or are you just going to be doing your own little thing in your little own corner here at this place and say, I belong to a church? Because that's not how it works here. Right? That's not how it works. We're all dependent upon each other. Most of the time, you see a problem, and there's two options. Either you complain about it, or you do something about it, or you work towards progress towards it. What are you doing? Are you one of those? Are we working towards these progress? Are we working towards these things? Look at 21 and 22. That's what he says. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seems to be weaker are indispensable. How silly is it for the hand to say to the eye, I don't need you, and just punch the eye, and I say, we won, guys. All the hands are, yeah, we won, right? And then, like, no, you didn't. You just blinded yourself, you stupid, right? Like, what did you do? Why did you just literally cut off one huge section 
of the body just because you felt like they need to be like you. They need to act like you. They need to think like you. They need to be like you, right? Why, why did you have to force them to become like that? Now, are there things that we have to be the same in? Of course. We all hate sin, hopefully, right? We all love Jesus, prayerfully, right? We all pray. We all have the basics there that are unifying, but we are diverse. And in our diversity, we should love each other, become interdependent upon each other, not actually separate and divide one another. Are you part of a community like that? Are you trying to build a community like that? Are we trying to do a community like that? Right? Because the worst thing we can do for a community of God is to look upon this church and say, you know what? This group, really cool. This group, issues. Let's either cut this group out or force them to become like us. That's how you destroy the church because the church is made to be diverse. It is made to be independent. You, you're going to need brothers and sisters like that. And you're thinking, and some of you guys who are maybe like in the weaker spiritual place, you're thinking like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm used to CRPT. Like, you know, everyone's smarter, everyone's wiser, everyone's more talented, everyone's more gifted, everyone cares more, right? We're nobody. We're useless. And the answer, the answer is wrong. You are very valuable. Look at verse, what the Bible says here. 23. And the parts that think, that we think are less honorable, right, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are presentable are treated with special modesty, right? What he's saying in the, in the, in the, in the, in the body, the parts that are very, uh, that kind of, you have to hide, like your butt, that's why your butt's behind you, you don't have to look at it, right? It's, 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 you treat it with more what? We treat it with more honor. We're supposed to take care of it more. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. The ones that everyone can see and ones that everyone, that everyone expects from a church. You don't need any special treatment. This is how you're supposed to be anyways, right? But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lack it. So there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. For if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So for you to be, if you're in a group of people and you're thinking like, Honestly, with the, like, with the Hamjoy group, we just play around. All we do is drink all the time, and we drink behind everyone's back. No one knows anything about it. We're just doing our thing, right? And then we have another group of people thinking, like, oh, man, look at those, look at those sinners, right? We need to transform them and, and, and break them and make them like us and, you know, treat them like. And you may feel invaluable. You may feel like you don't belong. You may show up just because you got buddies here. You got friends here. But let me tell you something. You are very valuable to this church, and this church will not be successful if you are not here. Do you know why? Because, listen, if it wasn't for, if for those who say that they're grown, that, they're, that they are uh, mature, we need you. We need you so that we can love upon you, so we can pray for you. We thank you, right? Because you've given us the opportunity to walk with you. You've given us the opportunity to teach you. You've given us the opportunity to love you, to counsel you, to bless you, to serve you, Right? And there are people out there that's struggling, out there who think they don't belong in the church. The fact that you are here tells them it's possible for them to walk and to resolve, right? And so we don't see people, we shouldn't see people as invaluable or valuable or they should be like us and not like us. Of course, we're going to walk everyone towards maturity. That's a guarantee. But the real question is, are you trying to create division simply because they don't act, look, or think? like you, right? We have mutual concern for each other. If one part suffer, we suffer together. If one is honored, we rejoice together. That's our phrase here, right? TLC, that's ride and die, right? Everyone always wants, everyone always thinks I got that from bad boys, right? It's true, it, it, you know, it does sound similar, but it's ride and die, not ride or die, okay? 
You know, so it's, it's, it's from 1 Corinthians 12, 26. It's if we, if we suffer, we suffer together. If, we re, if someone is honored, we rejoice together. That's the church. So let me ask you guys this question. Could it be that the reason why sometimes you feel lost, disillusioned, running in circles, right? You feel like you don't know what's going on with your life. But could it be that you've lost your north point? And the north point that God has placed in our hearts is this question. Do you have a community? Do you have a community of believers in your life? But not just for you to show up to a church, a community of believers where you are invested into, where you are actually here committing and having a responsibility towards, that you're unified with. A community of believers where you're, lo- you're, you're willing to love and willing to do the hard work of loving the diversity that's here. A community of believers where you're willing to actually be interdependent upon one another. To grow with each other. Because when you are trying to do that, when we are building that, are we going to be perfect? No way, right? We are never going to be perfect in doing this. We're never going to be anywhere close to perfection. But if we are building that, if we are seeking that, if that's our north point, we're walking in the right direction. You're in the right direction. In reason, the area of community, the area of having people in your life, you are in the right direction. Is it possible to build community elsewhere? Of course, right? Brats, sororities, right? Best friends, best buddies, you, clans, I don't know. You, you can definitely build community anywhere. But the question is this. If God is who he says he is, and he has made you, then he alone knows what type of community will make you flourish. He knows it. And yes, those things will, 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 will be great. They will cover it up for a while, for a season, for a time, right? But the community that he created here, a community that is unified, a community that's diverse, a community that's independent upon each other, this is the community that will actually transform you. That will not only flourish you, but flourish everyone else around you, if you're willing to have the courage to step into that. So if you find yourself lost today, if you find yourself all over the place, if you find yourself disillusioned, running in circles, panicking, wondering where am I going in my life, the first area that you need to think about that's focusing on your North Point is do I have this type of community in my life? Am I a part of creating this type of community in my life? Because if you, you are, you're walking in the right direction. No matter how lost you may feel, no matter how dark it may be, if you look at the North Star and you're walking that way, you will always be walking north. No matter how many trees stand in your way, no matter how many bushes or no matter how many howls of coyotes around you, if you are walking towards that star, you will always be walking north. And in the same way, if you have this community that God has given to you to flourish, and you're building, and you're part of building this community, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how many dramas we face here, no matter how many ups and downs we go through, no matter how many bad moments we have, as long as we're moving towards this north point, we're moving in the right direction. You guys follow me? Right? Look at the person next to you and say, ride and die. Ride and die. Right? Here's a few, here's a few applications real fast, okay, for you guys, okay? Um, of how to create this, how to start building this. I, I read this in an article. I wanted to give it to you guys. Uh, if you read the article, then yay. If it's not, then here's some points for it, okay? Three applications, real fast. Instead of creating an excuse, create a reason to go deeper. 
Instead of creating an excuse of why I can't hang with that person, why I can't talk to that person, why I can't be with that person, why I don't connect with that person, make a reason to go and discover their story. Make a reason to go and ask more questions and make a reason to actually listen. Listen. Instead of actually, you know, jumping into like interjecting. Listen to their story. Listen to where they're at. Two, instead of activating and waiting, deactivate and be present, right? Deactivate your phone. I know this is a hard one. Like, what, why? Right? Give people the gift of your undivided attention. It'll feel weird at first, right? It'll feel not normal. Right? You guys know what I'm talking about. You're at dinner, and you're doing your best not to look at your phone, but you just put it right there just in case, right? And the moment that I need to use the restroom, yes, finally, and you grab it, and you grab it, right? You guys, you guys do that? I, I do it all the time. Anyways, right? It'll feel weird, but here, this step will actually help foster real community. Deactivate. Deactivate and be present. Give that person that you're talking to your undivided attention. Three, instead of making an escape, make a commitment. Right? The church may not be the church you dream it to be. That is a guarantee if you go to TLC. Right? This church is not the church anyone dreams for it to be. Sometimes I wonder how we survive this long. Right? The church may not be the church you dream it to be, but make a commitment to stay. Make a commitment to serve. Make a commitment to rejoice while others are rejoicing, to mourn when they mourn. Make a commitment to walk alongside them no matter what. If Jesus Christ will not leave you, then commit to not leave those around you, right? To love in a way that costs you something. To love in a way that actually costs you something. Here's my thing, man. We need to be transparent with each other. We need to be honest with each other. I know the biggest fear about that is always this idea that if people know what's going on in my life, PT, they're going to run, they're going to hide. But here's the thing. I believe in Jesus. I hope you do too, right? If my God did not run from me, then I'm not going to run from you, right? There's nothing you can say, nothing you can do that would freak me out unless you tell me you killed somebody, then I might freak out a little bit, okay? I don't know what to do after that, but I'll we'll figure that out. But there's nothing that you can say or do or say that you've thought about or even that would freak me out, that would make us run. Because if God would not run from you, if God would not run from me, right, who am I to run from you? You guys follow me? This is the community that we're trying to build. And this is your North Point. Do you have this North Point? Are you building towards this North Point? Okay. Could it be that the reason why you feel stuck, running in circles, disillusioned, is that you've lost the North Point of community in your life? Let's come, let's restore it back again. Mm -hmm.